Omnimonorayanaya, welcome back. So I just got out of the shower after coming back from what was going to be an eight mile run, but it was over nine miles. Um, I had a long week. I was sick for two days. I didn't run for four. And so the past two nights I started running again and it was like, it was painful. Uh, it, it was like, I felt like a robot who was stiff, uh, but I had to do it, I had to get out there and I knew I had a big run today that I really needed to do. And I'm actually rather pleased because at times, though it felt tough, overall, I basically was back to my old pace. But it was really interesting today running and, you know, the first mile and a half, I'm like, is that it? Is that all I've done? You know? And yet, I don't know, I'd say maybe mile three or when I hit that 5K, it actually became a little bit easier. Something took over and it just became easier. And I hear this with a lot of runners. They talk about how mile three and mile four, something happens. You you sort of go into this autopilot and you stop focusing on, oh, that hurts or this is uncomfortable, it's not working. And I mention that because it kind of reminds me of <laughs> this. Uh, reading the Srimad Bhagavatam is not always easy. This is tough, the translation's cumbersome, the story can be cumbersome. I'm reading something going, what am I reading, yada yada. But yet I find so often I start this, and I've said in many videos, I don't know if we're going to finish it, because I'm in that same, oh, it's only been a mile and a half sort of mood, and I haven't even started it here, and I'm already frustrated. But then something happens, and it just sort of, I want to finish reading it. I'm excited about it. And I think that's a large key to bhakti, bhakti yoga. You know, oh, it might be difficult to focus on the Lord. It might be difficult to do a chant, you know, a mala. But then there is a point, it becomes easier. It really does. And if you do something a little bit every day, it actually doesn't become a burden. It's kind of interesting how your, how your body does that to you. So, anyways... Just my random thoughts. I think a lot about spirituality while running. And sometimes I even chant Amala. Uh, so, anyways. Here we go. Chapter 25. The Glories of Devotional Service. Sri Shakana said, Although he is unborn, the Supreme Personality of Godhead took birth as Kaplamuni by his eternal potency. He descended to disseminate transcendental knowledge for the benefit of the whole human race. Shanaka continued, There is no one who knows more than the Lord himself. No one is more worshipper or more mature, a yogi, than he. He is therefore the master of the Vedas, and to hear about him always is the actual pleasure of the senses. Therefore, please precisely describe all the activities and pastimes of Lord Vishnu, who is full of self-desire, and who assumes all these activities by his eternal potency. Sri Sutta Goswami said, The most powerful sage, Maitreya, was a friend of Vasyadeva. Being encouraged and pleased by Vidura's inquiry about transcendental knowledge, Maitreya spoke as follows. He said, When Kardama left for the forest, Lord Kapila stayed on the strand of the Bindu Saravara to please his mother, Devahuti. When Kapila Muni, 
who could show her the ultimate goal of absolute truth, was sitting leisurely before her, Devahuti remembered the words Brahma had spoken to her, and she therefore began to question Kapila as follows. She said, I am very sick of the disturbance caused by my material senses, for because of this sense disturbance, my lord, I have fallen into the abyss of ignorance. Your lordship is my only means of getting out of this darkest region of ignorance, because you are my transcendental eye, which, by your mercy only, I have attained after many, many births. You are the Supreme Personality Godhead, the origin and Supreme Lord of all living entities. You have risen to disseminate the rays of the sun in order to dissipate the darkness of the ignorance of the universe." Now be pleased, my lord, to dispel my great delusion. Due to my feeling of false ego, I have been engaged by your maya and have identified myself with the body and consequent bodily relations. I have taken shelter of your lotus feet because you are the only person of whom to take shelter. You are the axe which can cut the tree of material existence. I therefore offer my obeisances unto you, who are the greatest of all transcendentalists, and I inquire from you as to the relationship between man and woman, and between spirit and master. Maitreya said, After hearing of his mother's uncontaminated desire for transcendental realization, the Lord thanked her within himself for her questions, and thus, his face smiling, he explained the path of the transcendentalists who are interested in self-realization. Lord Vishnu, as Kapilamuni said, the yoga system which relates to the Lord and the individual soul, which is meant for the ultimate benefit of the living entities, and which causes detachment from all happiness and distress in the material world, is the highest yoga system. Most pious mother, I shall now explain unto you the ancient yoga system, which I explained formally to the great sages. It is serviceable and practical in every way. The stage in which the consciousness of the living entity is attracted by the three modes of mat material nature is called conditional life. But when the same consciousness is attached to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one is situated in the consciousness of liberation. When one is completely cleansed of the impurities of lust and greed produced by the false identification of the body as I, and bodily possesses possessions as mine, one's mind becomes purified. In that pure stage, he transcends the stage of so-called material happiness and distress. At that time, the soul can see himself to be transcendental to material existence, and always self-effulgent, never fragmented, although very minute in size. In that position of self-realization, by practice of knowledge and renunciation and devotional service, one sees everything in the right perspective. He becomes indifferent to material existence, and the material influence acts less powerfully upon him. Perfection in self-realization cannot be attained by any kind of yogi unless he engages in devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, for that is the only auspicious path. Every learned man knows very well that attachment for the material is the greatest entanglement of the spiritual soul. But that same attachment, when applied to the self-realized devotees, opens the door of liberation. The symptoms of a sadhu are that he is tolerant, merciful, and friendly to all living entities. He has no enemies, he is peaceful, he abides by the scriptures, and all his characteristics are sublime.
Such a sadhu engages in staunch devotional service to the Lord without deviation. For the sake of the Lord, he renounces all other connections such as family relationships and friendly acquaintances within the world. Engaged constantly in chanting and hearing about me, the sadhus do not suffer from material miseries because they are always filled with thoughts of my pastimes and activities. Ah, uh, my mother, virtuous lady, these are the qualities of great devotees who are free from all attachment. You must seek attachment to such holy men, for this counteracts the pernicious effects of material attachment. In the association of pure devotees, discussion of the pastimes and activities of the Supreme Personality God is very pleasing and satisfying to the ear and heart. By cultivating such knowledge, one gradually becomes advanced on the path of liberation, and thereafter he is freed, and his attraction becomes fixed. Then real devotion and devotional service begin. I'm actually going to pause here. Um, verse 25. I already spoke a lot at the beginning, so I won't say much now, other than coincidentally, and this is why I decided to pause here, that last sentence. Um, by cultivating knowledge, one gradually becomes advanced in the path, and thereafter he is freed. Then real devotion and devotional service begin. That's so much like what I was saying at the beginning of the video, you know? You're running, and then you hit mile three, and that's when you really start running. That's when you're really running. And bhakti, you know, you suffer through a while, but then you, you do a round, and maybe the second round of chanting is... It's, it's when the real service begins. So, it's a process. It's not immediate. I wish I could just go out and boom, 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 crack out, you know, eight miles. Some people can. It's a minority. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Anyways... I'll leave it with that, and thoughts, comments, and all that stuff down below. Please feel free to reach out and respond. And thank you for watching, as always. Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Harry Harry, Harry Rama, Harry Rama, Rama Rama, Harry Harry.